in the life of Joseph. And what I believe in the life of Joseph, in the Christmas story, gave him courage. Then in the life of Mary, what gave Mary courage and, and how we can learn from these things. Um, and then some of the key elements of how we can walk in courage, how we can develop a lifestyle of courage. Because the fact is, is that God has an unlimited amount of courage that he wants to give us. I believe that if we as a generation, if we as a church, as Christians, as people, if we just got to be courageous, we would change the world. I mean, what if everyone in this room just began to live out what God put in them? And most of the time, the reason we don't is because we don't have courage. I mean, I don't think there's anyone in here that loves discouragement. Does anyone here love discouragement? Raise your hand if you do. Nobody loves discouragement. Yet, constantly, we will not be courageous enough to begin to take those steps of living out what God has put within us. In, in the life of Joseph, many of you know the story, and I'm going to just read you a few verses here. But I think Joseph had to be very courageous. A lot of times I don't think we, we think about it, but, I mean, he's engaged to Mary, and, um, and they had not been together yet, known in the biblical sense. They were not sexually intimate, and all of a sudden she's pregnant. I mean, if that happened today, how many of you here know that it would, I mean, it would be Jerry Springer up in here, you know, some girl gave you a ring and you're pregnant now, what's going on? And that dude would peace out. And then later on, he'd end up on some Mari Povich TV show and they'd be trying to find out if he was the father and, right? I mean, just think about the courage it took Joseph to stick with it. Sometimes we don't have courage to make a decision of our will and our hearts to be committed and bonded in relationships. That's a big deal to God. God is the most bonded and committed relational person ever even to himself, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And I believe in the life of Joseph, you're going to see what it was in his life, what it was that caused him to stay stay committed to what God had called him to do and what gave him courage. So I'm going to read to you out of the message, uh, Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 38. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to the Galilean village of Nazareth, to a virgin engaged to be married to a man descended from David. His name was Joseph, and the virgin's name was Mary. Upon entering, Gabriel gathered, uh, greeted her. Good morning. You are beautiful with God's beauty, beautiful inside and out. God be with you. Verse 29. She was thoroughly shaken, wondering what was behind a greeting like that. But the angel said to her, Mary, You have nothing to fear. God has a surprise for you. You will become pregnant and give birth to a son and call his name Jesus. My wife just got pregnant with our fifth baby and it was a surprise. God says he has a surprise for you. Gabriel says God has a surprise for you. You know, it's interesting. Verse 29, when she heard this phrase, you're beautiful with all of God's beauty, the Bible says she was confused. I wonder what the synagogues were teaching her. Just just for a moment, if we just stop and think about that for a minute, the angel comes and says, you're beautiful inside and out. God be with you. And this confused her. Verse 32. He will be great. He'll be called son of the highest. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. 
He will rule Jacob's house forever, no end, ever to his kingdom. Mary said to the angel, but how? I never slept with a man. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest hover over you. Therefore, this child you bring to birth will be called Holy, the Son of God. Then she said, and then the angel says, did you know that your cousin Elizabeth conceived of a son as old as she is? Everyone called her barren. And here she is in six months pregnant. Nothing you see is impossible with God. And then Mary replied, yes, I see it all now. I am the Lord's maid, ready to serve. Let it be with me just as you say. Then the angel left her. Let's pray real quick and then we're going to just go for it. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. I thank you, God, that this is going to be a day that we're just not going to share the normal Christmas message, but the substance of courage will be released into the hearts of every person that is hearing this message, God. I thank you that Christmas is a message of hope, of joy, and courage. God with us, Emmanuel. We thank you, Father, for what's going to take place. So we open our hearts and we say, Lord, speak and release it in Jesus' name. And would you just shout out, Amen? Amen. A long time ago, many of you are going to have a hard time believing this, but I used to be very timid. I mean, I'm the guy that yesterday at the AT&T store was tap dancing in front of my wife trying to embarrass her. I mean, I used to be the most timid. You, I mean, you couldn't, I, I wouldn't talk. My first time in a theater in junior high, when I had to get up in front of everyone, who remembers that moment? It, raise your hand. You remember theater? I got up and my face started twitching and I could, I literally, I don't think I got many words out at all. I wasn't a courageous individual. Let me tell you a story. One time when I was um, visiting a friend at the hospital, I got saved. Okay. Things were changing in me. God, he taught me that I was a son and I'm learning to be a little bit more bold than I usually was. But I go to a hospital to meet a friend and to uh, just visit him. He was recovering from an appendectomy surgery that he had. And I'm walking out. It's about nine o'clock at night. Visiting hours are over. And I hear the sound coming from a hospital. How many ever get creeped out by hospitals anyways? Just a little bit. It's a little awkward, right? I mean, I pray over myself when I go in hospitals. My wife doesn't like to go to hospitals, but we go and we pray for people. But so I'm, I'm hearing this sound, a very unusual sound, but it, it disturbed me, yet it stirred me at the same time. It was the sound of someone a man crying out to God, obviously in tremendous pain. And he began to cry out. And I I do remember what he was saying to an extent. He was saying, Lord Jesus, help me. Father God, please help me. Lord Jesus, help me. I need your help. Lord God, Father, help me. Over and over, coming from the depths of his heart. Something rose in me and I, I knew I had heard stories of God healing people. I would only been a Christian maybe a year or two, and, but I'm thinking like, I could go pray for him and God will, God will relieve his pain. But I, but I began to remember things that had been told to me, remembering that I was a timid person and discouragement came over me. I could literally feel the stirring of the Spirit of God in me as I could have went in there and I laid, and laid hands on him. But I'm thinking maybe the nurse is going to get mad. I, I don't know what's going to happen. And I remember hearing the taunting words of the enemy saying, see, you don't have really any purpose in ministry. I actually remember hearing some negative words that impacted my heart. After the first time I ever taught a Bible study, a lady said to me, yeah, you know, you have a really good heart, Zach, but how many know when when that phrase is the first phrase that comes out? You have a really good heart, but 
She said, you don't have the gift of teaching, nor are you called to ministry. Talk about encouragement after the first time you teach. Everyone wants that word when they come to church, right? Come on. (laughs) Come get a word from the Lord. You're not called. (laughs) You're not chosen. You have no purpose. God bless you. (laughs) That's what it felt like at that moment. I felt discouraged. Why can't I go pray for this guy that's crying out to God? It was a divine appointment. I'm walking by and I hear him crying out to God. And I'm worried. I'm not confident. I'm not bold. I'm discouraged. I'm thinking to myself, I don't have purpose. I remember the negativity of even those words that were spoken to me at a young age in the Lord, 17 years old, just burning for God. And and these words the enemy used to taunt me. Imagine the courage it took for Joseph. The Bible says that, that he was pondering these things in her heart. Okay, he's engaged and his wife ends up pregnant. They had not been together yet. Imagine the discouragement. And the Bible says that he was a righteous man and he wanted to quietly divorce her because he loved her, because he cared about her. And as he fell asleep, I want to read a couple verses to you of something that happened that I believe will, you can grab a hold of what, a revelation of what I believe grabbed Joseph's heart and gave him courage to stick with it. In Matthew chapter 1, verses 20 to 21, it says, as he considered this, he fell asleep And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, Don't be afraid to go ahead with your marriage to Mary, for the child within her has been conceived by the Holy Spirit. That's really good news for him. That means his girl was faithful. And she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, which is the Hebrew name Yeshua, which means Savior, for he will save his people from their sins. I, I believe that there's a, there's a part of this word from this angel. The messenger of the Lord came to give Joseph a word. I believe when the, the angel greeted him, he didn't just greet him by his name, but he said, Joseph, son of David. You, now, now to us, that sounds nice. Like, you know, Zach, son of David. My father's name is actually David. But he wasn't talking about his dad. He was talking about way up the line of King David, of whom it was prophesied, the line of the tribe of Judah would come forth the Messiah. You see, in that greeting was an actual power release of courage in his life that he said, I'm not just a carpenter, but I'm, I actually have purpose. Let me tell you what will release courage in your life. Purpose. Say purpose. If you don't know you have purpose, you will walk, you will walk in timidity and you have no confidence in your life. As believers, when we pray for the sick, as we minister the love of God, if we have confidence knowing that I am a a son and a daughter of God, that the words that we speak contain courage and we can actually give courage to other people. You know, the scripture actually says we're to encourage one another. That doesn't just mean, hey, you look great or hey, God bless you or hey, be encouraged. Because I've had people say, be encouraged. I'm like, thanks. Really? Like, I'm not encouraged right now. You're not helping me. But the word be encouraged actually means you can give courage the substance of what's in you because you have purpose and you can give courage to somebody else. There's a young man. I'm not going to tell you his name, but he was walking in this room one day discouraged. And he walked in this room as we're praying and the Lord began to just pour his love out upon this young man. He began to weep. And I'm telling you in this moment, God, 
came and whispered and said, you have purpose. I'm telling you, Joseph heard in this greeting, he didn't just hear an angel come say, hey, you know, Mary, it's all good, man, marry her, because, uh, you know, it wasn't another man, it was the Holy Spirit, son of Joseph. Something rose up within him called courage to stick with it. I want us to read a scripture together up here, uh, Acts chapter 11, verse 23, in the Amplified. Let's read it together. When he arrived and saw what grace, favor, God was bestowing upon them, he was full of joy. And he continuously exhorted, warned, urged, and encouraged them all to cleave unto and remain faithful to and devoted to the Lord with resolute and steady purpose of heart. You see, when you understand the grace and and the purpose that is inside you, it brings courage forth out of you. Joseph, it took courage for Joseph to stick with it. The reason he could is because he understood he understood that he had purpose. Now, I want to look at the life of Mary. I, I was thinking about this as I was preparing. I'm like, you know, things are a lot different now. But I'm imagining, I'm, I'm trying to go back and imagine Mary, this young Hebrew girl. I mean, she was very young too, maybe around 14 years old. She was very young. They married very young back then. And she's young and she's pregnant. Imagine her coming to Joseph. And saying, um, Joseph, uh, I'm, I'm pregnant. I mean, what, what was the response of Joseph? I'm sure he probably said something like, girl, I, who knows what he said, but I'm sure he said some Hebrew blessing at that moment, you know. You ain't nothing but a lie. You know, I'm, I'm sure he got Jerry Springer up in there. Maybe not. Maybe he wept. I don't know. But imagine Mary going to her family. Can you imagine Mary going to her family? Um, Dad, I mean, her dad, old Jewish man, right? And I'm sure he, oh, yes, I'm sure he had, that's how he talked. Just work with me. Come on. I know he spoke Hebrew and stuff, but so Mary goes up to, Mary goes up to him and, and says, um, dad, you know, the Messiah? Yes, the Messiah. Oh, he's coming. Probably like, you know, kiss the scroll. No, he didn't have the scroll, whatever. I'm getting creative. I'm just flowing. I'm improving here. And so Mary says, well, the Messiah, um, Actually, I'm pregnant with the Messiah. Oh, oh my God. Oy vey. Crazy. What if she's lost it? Look, I mean, can you imagine? That? I mean, that takes some courage. Nowadays, you know, hey, mom, I'm pregnant. Yeah, that's shocker. You know, this is a totally different culture. They were actually pure. Oh, sorry. Something happened in... Mary's heart, and I believe that you've got to get it so you can walk in courage. What gave her courage to actually be the mother of the Messiah? I mean, can you think about all the people that knew her? They probably disdained her and never believed it until later in the life of Jesus, or maybe never even believed it then. Maybe they got saved in the book of Acts, like way down the line when the Holy Spirit just jacked them up or something. But can you imagine the courage it took to stick with it? But something arose in Mary's heart. And I want to read a a couple verses to you that that is going to be a key phrase. I want to give you a key phrase. The Lord has been stirring this in my heart about being, being bold and having confidence and walking in courage and being a person of encouragement, being a church where we're exhorting one another daily, giving each other courage to do what God has called us to do. 
In Luke chapter 1, verses 37 and 38, Mary's response comes right after the angel says this. Let's read. For with God, nothing is ever impossible, and no word of, from God shall ever be without power or impossible of fulfillment. Wow. Let's just stop right there for a minute. Can we read that again? It was just so good. Let's just read it again. You guys watch movies over and over. We could read the Bible over and over. Let's read it again. Let's try it one more time. For with God, read it with me out loud. Ready? For with God, nothing is ever impossible. And no word from God shall be without power or impossible of fulfillment. Next verse. Look at her response. This is the key. Mary says, Then Mary said, Behold, I am the handmaiden of the Lord. Let it be done to me according to what you have said. And the angel left her. What gave her courage? She knew she had permission. When you agree with what God has said over your life, it gives you permission to be courageous. Whoever told you you couldn't? Whoever came to you and tried to discourage you, and say, who, who are they? I mean, imagine the enemy constantly, as I'm growing in the Lord, taunted me with these things from my past. Remember the first time you taught? This is the enemy. I'll do my devil face. Remember the first time you taught? So you guys don't get confused. Remember what she said? Oh, you have no purpose. I remember when I found out my great uncle was a Jewish rabbi. Something stirred in me. I'm like, yeah, cool, dude. I'm Hebrew. Like, I'm anointed, man. Imagine Joseph. Joseph, son of David. Maybe he forgot who he was. And then Mary hears this. And here's the key. She says, let it be done unto me according to your word. When you agree with what God says about you, you have permission to be courageous. Oh, man. When the angel greeted her, she got confused. Oh, you're so beautiful. Who's to who? Girl, angel, you're tripping. Because maybe she looked down on herself. I mean, think about in this culture, all the... All the uh, the traditions and the law, like, I, I have favor with God? I, I missed synagogue last week. How in the world, which, by the way, you should be in church every Sunday. Okay, let's just get that straight. It was Jesus' custom. Okay, you need to become accustomed to going ch to church. Amen. But it was the permission, understanding that, oh, God saying this about me. This is, this is real. She agreed with God's word. When you agree with his word, you have permission to be courageous. I remember later on in my Christian walk going into a hospital again. This time it was a little bit different scenario. It was a young girl in her 20s. She had just had a baby. And right after she had the baby, didn't even get a chance to hold her baby. She was having some major respiratory issues, went into a coma. They actually induced part of it because they wanted to get the fluid out of her lungs, but it got really bad really fast. She got five different uh, diagnoses over her from five doctors that said she's not going to make it. And there's very little chance of her survival. Now, we know these, this, this young lady and immediately we're like, no, no. I mean, you know, this is just, she's in her 20s and, and, and she didn't even get 
to hold her little baby, which by the name, her baby's name was Gabriel. And I remember the feeling that I felt walking in this hospital, preparing for this moment. Like I've been through the, the thing where I prayed the dumb prayers, if it be thy will, you know. Jesus never prayed that with healing. He just healed the sick, right? Matter of fact, someone tried to question him. Lord, if it's your will, if you're willing, you can cleanse me, a leper. And what did he say? I am willing. It says he was moved with compassion. I used to pray, if it be thy will, and, you know, sometimes it happened, sometimes it didn't. But this time, I said, no, this is an injustice. This time, confidence and courage rose up on the inside of me. I go into the hospital, we're praying. And I didn't pray, if it be your will. I didn't pray, Lord, please heal her. I commanded life to be breathed into this lady. I remember feeling so disturbed seeing her. I mean, it was just, it was so disturbing. Beautiful young lady, young, so much purpose in her life. And she's laying there with tubes down her throat. And the machine just, it was, she's on life support. Never got to hold her brand new baby. No, no. I remember my wife coming in, seeing the same thing I did. No, but she began to weep. This isn't God's will. I've been, and this has happened more than once where we've walked into places. I remember us walking in on another account where we're praying for someone on their deathbed, death sentences from the doctors again. And I remember walking up and some of us were there and Vicky is crying. I'm like, what's wrong? These people are saying it's God's will. Oh, I love that. I still remember that moment. That was courage inside of her. And we walked into another account praying for this lady. No, they're not going to make it. Guess what? The lady's walking right now. She's alive. So we go in and we command life into this young girl with courage, with confidence, with permission. I have permission from God to do this. I don't need to ask if it's his will if I know I have permission. He already said, go. I have given you authority. Go, therefore. That's a really good word for all of us. Amen. We walk in and as we are praying for her, my mother-in-law, Jenna, Rochelle, as I'm praying for the first time I went in there, she's in a coma. Her eyes open up and she's looking at us while we're praying for her. Ooh, that was a quick answer. Praise the Lord. We saw, we saw immediate progression. Immediately, fluid began to just come out of her lungs. The doctors, a Muslim one said, this is a miracle. A Muslim doctor said, this is a miracle. Guess what? Within days, within several days, she walked out of that hospital and she has testified right here to the glory of God that God still breathes life into those that are dead. Now, why am I telling you that? Because this is my own personal journey of learning to be courageous. It's in you. You see, Mary said, wait a minute. I have something in me precious. I'm going to be the mother of the Messiah. That's a big deal. But the key word is favor. And that brings me to number three. You need to have purpose. You need to understand you have permission. And thirdly, you need to understand that you have favor. Say favor. I'm telling you, there's something about understanding the grace and the favor that God has given us. Luke chapter 1 Verse 30, the angel said to her, don't be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Charis, charis is the Greek word. It's where we get our word grace. 
And it's not just unmerited favor. It's supernatural, divine enablement and empowerment. It's heaven's breath on the inside of us. Mary had favor with God. What is this? I mean, how could it be all the laws and the requirements? This is against what she'd probably been taught. That's why it confused her. You see, favor, favor will equal courage because God was smiling on her. So when you agree with heaven's smile and you understand that he has favor and you stay close to that favor, courage comes forth out of your life. I love Luke one thirty five. just after that. He says, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, Mary, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. You see, the reason why we have courage and the reason why it's favor that brings courage is because it's in the presence of God. It's within the context of this very story, Emmanuel, God with us, that we can be courageous. I mean, you all know the story, Joshua. Who who knows Joshua taking the land? He's grabbing the baton. What does God tell him? Be strong and of good courage. Be courageous. Why? Because I'm with you. You see, the Bible says that in the presence of the Lord, there's fullness of... All right, let's do it again. In the presence of the Lord, in His presence, in Him, in God, in the very substance of who God is, there is fullness of joy. Not just joy, full overflowing of joy unspeakable and full of glory. Okay, not just joy. I have so much joy, Pastor. You are lying. You need some joy. In His presence is fullness of joy. The Bible says the joy of the Lord is your... So what do I get when I get in God's presence? Amen encouragement from heaven. God is with me. He tells Joshua in Joshua chapter one, God says, be strong and courageous. I'm with you. The whole message of Christmas is God with us. So it's going to not only give us joy and hope, but courage because Joseph had purpose. Mary had permission and realized it was because of the favor of God. Will you say this with me? Say, I have purpose. I have permission. And I have favor from God. I want to read a scripture to you from 2 Thessalonians. We're going to read it together. Chapter 2, verses 16 through 17, and we'll be closing. 2 Thessalonians. Now, let's read it together. Are you ready? Now, may our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father, who loved us and gave us everlasting consolation and encouragement and well-founded hope, through His grace, unmerited favor. Let's stop right there. Hold on. Go back just for a minute. Not back to the flame, but back to the Scripture. There we go. Thank you. You're doing great, man. Thank you. The Bible says here, look, everlasting consolation and encouragement. Just hold it for a minute. Just get it. Why is it everlasting? Because it, it's the substance of who God is. Do you think God's timid? Do you think He was timid when He said, let there be light? That God stuff is inside you. It says it's everlasting encouragement. I don't want just encouragement. I want everlasting encouragement. Amen? Now go to the next verse. Through His grace. There we go. We see it. Through the favor of God. 
Comfort and encourage your hearts and strengthen them. Make them steadfast and keep them unswerving in every good work and word. Amen. You see, there's something about understanding. Paul, uh, Peter said this when he's preaching, Acts 3.19, one of my favorite verses. Repent and be converted. Your sins will be forgotten, totally wiped away. This is New Covenant stuff, man. He says, come, turn your heart to God. Turn your heart to a smiling Father. And he says, and the times of refreshing will come from the presence of the Lord. The word refreshing there in the Greek literally means to be running a race. How many jog? How many need a jog? Okay, let's all raise our hand. <laughs> running a race. I'm tired. Oh, you know that point where you're like, okay, I'm done. But you know you, you're not even there yet. Like, you got to keep going. Who works out and jogs? I'm looking at somebody who does right now because I know they do. My dad used to come over to my house almost every morning when I lived in Southern Highlands ready to work out, and I was such a bum. I'd be like, I'll go tomorrow, Dad. And I wouldn't go, like 7 in the morning, every morning. That would have been great quality time with my father. What a jerk I am. Jeez. You're running, and you're weary, and you're tired, and you feel like quitting, and then something happens. You find refreshment, rejuvenation. It's Holy Ghost Gatorade. It's refreshing from the presence of God. It's to sit down to inhale fresh breath and drink in. And get recharged. That is what gives you courage. It's courage from the very ruah. The Hebrew word for breath, wind, spirit. The ruah of God in your very being. From the presence of the Lord. God is encouragement. Courage is a person. God's courageous. Come on. He's the lion of the tribe of Judah. And when we look like him, we're as bold as a lion. Proverbs says the righteous are as bold as a lion. So in this Christmas season, I know this was a Christmas message. So listen, understand your purpose. Understand that you have permission and understand you have favor from God. Walk in courage. Have courage and hope to walk out your dreams and do exactly what God has called you to do. Amen. Let's pray. Thank you for those golf claps. Praise God. <laughs> You remember the three stories I only gave you little parts to? Listen, are you ready? The girl that had a dream to become an actress, but in the beginning was regarded as a failed actress and a B-movie star. Guess who that was? Lucille Ball. Whoever told you that you couldn't? Don't let the enemy crush you with discouragement. Guess what happened? Lucille had 13 Emmy nominations and four wins, also earning the Lifetime Achievement Award from Kennedy Center Honors. Wow. The second band that was new and upcoming, the recording company said, nope, we don't like your sound. Guess who that was? That was the Beatles. I don't really need to tell you too much about how they have influenced rock throughout the planet and are still being listened to today. Some of y'all listened to them on the way here, right? Who listened to them on the way here? Raise your hand. Did you really? Are you serious? Oh, that would have been so cool, man. Multi-platinum records. Their first audition or one of the first record... No, no, we're not going to sign you. What a mistake they made. The third young boy that seemed to be very challenged could not speak until he was four, couldn't read until seven. Teachers thought he was mentally handicapped. Guess who that was? Albert Einstein. 
We don't know, but it's recorded, or some people believe that his IQ was up to about 180. Just think about the beginning stages of this, of this, man, of this young boy. Who ever said that you couldn't? I want you to say this with me. Say, Father in heaven, I thank you that I have purpose. And I agree with your word. Now I have permission. And you've given me favor. So let courage rise up within me to walk out my destiny. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you just fill it with praise? Bless you. Bless you. The Lord is good.